Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds. Be forewarned that this podcast contains saucy language of the modern and early modern varieties. So plan your listening accordingly. Or don't. That's a choice that you can make. But don't say we didn't warn you. Yeah, I got nothing. I have nothing that I can prop this up on. A box. A Becky toy. A Becky. <laughs> Just be like, Rebecca, sit still for an hour. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. This, <laughs> Hold this microphone. This might work. She's a very accommodating cat. Oh. I don't know what you're talking about. Clearly. <laughs> She's so low maintenance mm-hmm. and chill. Yep. <laughs> All of those things are true <laughs> facts about Rebecca Louise Minerva mm. Hamlet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, okay, I think this will work. So, okay, yeah. Um, all right, it's me. Oh, Let me finish yawning. <gasps> you stop. Oh, when you yawn and I'm yawning. And, uh, well, okay. Okay. It's really great energy to start no. the recording with. Just... What we get for recording <laughs> at four o'clock on Sundays. Um, all right. That's true. Here we go. <sighs> the hurly burly shakespeare show we are your hosts jess hamlet and aubrey whitlock and together we are Wemlet. oh my god i don't know why i did that i liked it though <laughs> it was... i was really trying to accentuate the yeah well anyway. i think the hua is important because it is it's very important it's the only part of it, you, it ain't no w frankly. it's a wh yeah it's a wh yeah okay yeah <laughs> um, this week we are talking Love's Labor's Lost 201. So thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show and come back for more. I feel like we've neglected Love's Labor's for a while. <laughs> yeah. We haven't circled back to it. I mean, there were there were actual logistical reasons why. Like we were yes. holding off because we were trying to get a special guest yes. to come and talk about it. And yeah. then that just never ended up like the stars never aligned for yeah. that. So yeah. it's just been put off for a fucking long time. Yeah. And it's not because we hate Love's Labors. It's not no. like it's Antony and Cleopatra or some shit. If I remember correctly, avoiding. Love's Labors was the play that we did canon completion on. It was. That's okay. right. Which it I was our canon completion episode. I think was the end of season two. Yep. Yep. So four years later, <laughs> here we are. Whoops. Sorry um, to the LLL fans. I'm going to kind of sidebar. And this is a conversation that we can have and or you can then just like leave it in the edit. But OK, maybe we can say that this is the last Shakespeare play that this podcast will ever cover. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to just break the news now since you alluded to it anyway? I mean, or do you want to save it for the gossip section and leave was, the people titillated? No. I mean, we that's we should just we should just have a conversation about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so we're wrapping up. <laughs> yeah, so what Jess meant by that <laughs> was that this is our last season. This We've is decided our last season. That at, you know, this spring when we're done with mm-hmm. this, uh, with season six episodes, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're saying goodnight, but not goodbye. Yeah. We, we reserve you the know. right to come back whenever we want. Um, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I think we, we said this, I feel like we had a very similar conversation at the end of season three, maybe like right around pandemic time. We were like, we're going to go on extended hiatus. And then we came back in the fall. (laughs) Yeah. Um, That's not, that's not happening this time. No, we, we have, we've, we've grown, we've grown. We've had nice long run. Yeah. Um, It's, it's been a nice long run, but I feel like, I don't know if you know, you speak for you, but for mm me, you know, I do feel like we've, we've, exhausted most Mm. of the things that keep my torch burning you know um in a good way like we've talked through the stuff well i always carry (laughs) that's a separate torch that i carry just for you um 
but 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 also you know um fuck it i'm running an entire department mm-hmm. at at a regional theater right now and i yeah you know it's getting tough to juggle and we've never done this for the money so you know this is <laughs> good because we've, we've never, never tried dime. <laughs> no but we've like never we've never tried to like monetize this or anything um because that would have taken even more work yeah, um, so much work and and you know if we're if we're stopping now or soon in the next mm-hmm. couple of months because work is getting to be you know real work our real jobs is getting mm-hmm. to be a bit much then you know so yeah I don't know where I was going with that that well, sentence fizzled yeah. out and- so we <laughs> we started this podcast for fun yeah right it was it was a fun thing um yeah this was the thing that I used to procrastinate my dissertation yeah. with <laughs> yeah. I you know when I got got I, I just hit a wall and I couldn't read another article or you know write another seminar paper um I would flip on over to the Google Drive and like do podcast stuff um yeah. and it was it was a nice way to like keep my creative juices flowing, I guess, except not totally. creative, but just like, yeah. like this was, this was the thing, this was the source of joy. Like we started doing this because we love this shit. Yeah. Um, and now we both get actually paid to do this shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, right. we, you know, we're, we're putting more time into the things that we get actually paid to do. Um, and have just, you know, we, we, we've come to sort of a, it feels like a very natural ending place. And also yeah. y'all it's, we're in like, I don't know, pandemic season eight. We're all tired. <laughs> we're all yeah. burned out. Um, and we need to do less, you know, we need to do less. Yeah. I, they're for sure. No one, no one needs to do more. We should all start saying no to things and do less. And so this is, this is us um, doing a little bit less, which is not to say that this isn't still fun and joyful. (laughs) It's not right. I I didn't want to like be like, well, it started out being fun and now it's terrible. That's not, that's not where we're at. We're just, you know, we've, we've had a six, six years. Yeah. Six years of this. Um, And it's time. I think it's time. Yeah. Yeah. It's time. It's, so these last few episodes are going to be a party. They're going to be mm-hmm. a celebration. Um, they're going to be a lot of like last minute things that we definitely <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> or uh, it, just to tease one of the final episodes, circling back to stuff that we very deliberately talked about and then never talked about again <laughs> a little bit. Um, okay. So we can, you know, we can tell you that this is the last Shakespeare play that we're going to cover uh, yep. in, in its um, single entirety deep dive, uh, yep. which feels, feels appropriate since this was canon completion and you know, yeah, all of that. Um we still have oh also maybe you were expecting house of desires this week oh right because that's what we said it was <laughs> going to be we were going to do um th- so we we had a, a very last minute scheduling conflict um and house of desires is coming uh yeah. we can tell you that that it will be one of our next two episodes probably <laughs> it's probably where it'll end up um <laughs> We're going to do one more super fun, not Shakespeare, weird ass play for you. Yep. Um, yes. And then we've, ooh, excuse me, got a couple uh, couple fun like, treats for you. Like, yeah. we don't even know what they're going to be yet, but they're no. going to be. They're, they're, look. They're going to happen. If you have choices will be made. Yes. If you've been around <laughs> for all six years, if you're still with us, get ready because you are about to get some vintage Aubrey and Jess. Yeah. Vintage. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's a, a good vintage. Yeah. I'm hella hyped. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. So anyway. Uh, all right. So um, it's time for happy hour. Uh, clinky, um, which is a cocktail of stuff that makes us happy in, as you put it, pandemic season eight. Can you please, instead of inserting the actual sound effect, just go with you just saying clanky? With, 
<laughs> Clicky. <Sure. laughs> or like I'll do it too. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> can do. I can I can do that. Uh, it's just funnier. <laughs> so uh we're gonna recommend some stuff that isn't terrible. Um yeah. actually we're both giving you some some reading materials you you got some homework some anti-racist homework to to read but it's gonna be great um my recommendation is black shakespeare reading and misreading race by ian smith Mm. um it just came in the mail Mm. to my office uh like a week ago i've started reading it i am not done but i've started reading it and like i want to highlight every fucking Mm -hmm. sentence Mm -hmm. and i want to shove it in the face of every person who has come up to anyone in my company and been like, um, where's race in your mission statement? Uh, I don't understand why you're doing X, Y, Z. Um, it doesn't say race in your American Shakespeare Center mission statement. So why are we talking about race all the time? Um, and basically, important. yeah, right. Well, and also, according to Ian Smith, um, it is baked into every play, every yep act every scene uh, in Shakespeare we have as white people just sort of been glossing over it because we haven't had to face it Mm -hmm. Um, but essentially the race is implied regardless Mm -hmm. so shut the fuck up and don't talk to me about why races are in our our fucking mission statement back the fuck off sorry that's a real thing that's a real thing some white people have come at us with that does not surprise Um, me (laughs) this is me not being surprised yeah I know it's you know um, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So yes. anyway, uh, I'm going to keep reading that. I hope you pick up your own copy of it. Mm. It is fire. You gotta yeah, read it. I have not managed to get my hands on a copy. Um, however, uh, the, some some of the material that has ended up in this book, um, Dr. Smith has been working on uh, via presentations and conference talks for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the last little bit and so i've heard some of this material an early version of the material and it is Mm -hmm. oh so good so good yeah 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 Yeah. um what you got so so i have uh anti-racist shakespeare yay i saw this on twitter this morning i'm so hyped brand new book i'm so excited brand new book um by friends of us uh friends of the pod friends of me friends of and us incredible women incredible women uh netta medizade and umberine Dadaboy uh have co-written this book anti-racist shakespeare is literally what mm-hmm. it's called and it is free to download it free, is. free, 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 free. Open source. Thank you, Cambridge. Yeah. Um, for not forever, but I think at least until February 1st. So we're right. going to link to it. Comes, yeah. Is published. Um, yeah. Go, go download it now. It is short. It is mm-hmm. easy to read. It's like a oh, hundred pages, maybe, maybe the whole thing. Um, yeah. I have been feverishly waiting for them to finish this and get it out in the world for what feels like years but has probably only been like a year um and i'm so hyped and it was literally the first thing i did when i sat down at my computer the day that it was published uh was download this thing Mm -hmm. and i am looking forward to sinking my teeth in it's only been out for a couple of days so i i have Mm -hmm. not gotten there yet but um go get you some Go get you some. Yes. yes. We will put a link in our episode notes as well so mm-hmm. that you can go straight straight there and get mm-hmm. your copy while it's free and available online. Yeah. Go read it. Hell yeah. 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 Um, cool. Yay. That's our happy hour. Yep. Um, so this is a 201 level episode, which means that we assume you've got basic familiarity with Love's Labor's Lost. We're not going to do a synopsis, but also in sort of reviewing the play mostly in my head but a little bit on internet shakespeare editions if you know a little bit of much ado about nothing and a little bit of a midsummer night's dream and a little tiny bit of commedia dell'arte as and, you like it and, and a little bit of as you night. like it and to a little bit little bit of twelfth night then you have a general understanding of most yeah. of the tropes and yeah. plot points of love labor's lost there are yeah. randy shepherds and mm-hmm. there are 
dumb boys writing bad, bad poetry. poetry. <laughs> <laughs> there are princesses. There's a girl named Rosaline. There's <laughs> there's a gay BFF court mm-hmm. jester guy who follows mm-hmm. everybody around. There are foreigners who do silly foreigner things. <laughs> sheep. There's sheep and there's a play within a play. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. so it, it has it all except for the fun marriage ending. Um, yeah. So there you go. Actually, I did do a synopsis. I lied. <laughs> I just said we're not going to do a synopsis, and then I just did it. Uh, I'm tired. Worth it. Okay. <laughs> so, well, that's all you get. <laughs> so for 201s, what we do is uh, that we go narrow and deep on a couple of things. Um, today, I'm going to get back on my The Victorians Ruined Fucking Everything Yes, let's do it. I love kicking that dead horse. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, I actually get to teach Victorian stuff this semester. And so I... Are you really salty about it? No, I actually... Are you going to be salty about it in class? Well, yes, obviously, yes. Like, I actually kind of legit enjoy the Victorian period, like, of the Mm -hmm. new period topic classes that I created for for my university victorian mm-hmm. lit was one of them mm-hmm. i added ren lit uh medieval lit and victorian lit and i was just like the shabam because loki this is just like my my long con to get a group of people force them to read the moonstone and then force them to have feelings about the moonstone with me because no one in my life will read the moonstone and have fucking feelings about it with me. You never asked me to read the moonstone. Um, What's the the moonstone? The moonstone moonstone is uh, maybe the very first ever whodunit novel. Um, it's by Wilkie Collins and it was written in the early part of the 19th century. Um, I I can't, that date is no longer accessible to me off the top of my head, but the, the first half of that, that century, um, it is batshit. It's (laughs) batshit. And I, I, I just, I need, I need someone else to read it and have feelings about it with me because it's so good if you can get past the like Victorianness of it all. Um, that's a tall ask. Yes. Though. Yeah. That's, I mean, yes. Yeah. It does have a lot of the like drawn out Victorian, blah, 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 blah. but it's, it's, <laughs> God, uh-huh. it's just, it's so. It's so good. Um, there is there is also uh, a like six part like BBC miniseries ish question mark or maybe it's a three part. Okay. Um, I that, love a BBC miniseries. Yes, yeah. It's uh, I don't know if it still is, but uh, a number of years ago it was available on Amazon. Um, it's either three or six parts, uh, and I thought it was a, a pretty faithful adaptation, although loses a lot because it is the book is is a, it's a hormus. It's a Hormus book. It's so big. Hormus. Hormus. It's six-year-old for enormous. Oh. I was... <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was we'll, like, is that a portmanteau no, that I missed we'll, somehow? We can, we can remind me and we'll come back to Hormus because I've already rabbit-holed into the Moonstone and I can't re-rabbit hole into Hormus. And we then just need to like back away back slowly, into back out Moonstone of this and then rabbit hole. Yes, back into okay. um, the Victorians. Anyway. Anyway. Wilkie Collins, the Moonstone, is gross about... Um, race and foreignness and difference but is so fucking good as far as being a whodunit somebody read it so that jess can have a moonstone yeah. friend yeah anyway um, well yeah what? let's just dive into it speaking of those horrible victorians yeah. or something yeah um yeah we're mostly going to talk about that, and then if there's time, I just want to talk about the ending of the play. Um, Great, but that's a 
small, small add-on to just the mountain of material that's here in our notes. Well, it's not. <laughs> I just, okay. Um, yeah, no, take me through it. I'm excited. Okay. So a million years ago, or four years ago, or maybe five years ago, some number of years ago, <laughs> okay. um, when I was a wee PhD student, uh, longtime listeners will recall me talking endlessly about my comps um, and the reading that I was doing for comps and comps, 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 comps. Um, and one of the things that I read for comps, and I know that we have talked about on other episodes, maybe in more than one place, but I, I could not tell you which ones for reasons outside of my control. Um, <laughs> back in the 19th century, uh, <laughs> this man whose name was William Hazlitt, uh, decided to, you know, have a, a wank session like all the Victorians did um, mm -hmm. about Shakespeare. In private and very shamefully? No, uh, in public on Covered paper. <laughs> oh, that, that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah in print. Um, so Hazlitt, Hazlitt had some thoughts about the characters in Shakespeare's plays mm -hmm. and the plays themselves. Um, and I know, I know that we've talked about it in a couple of other places. I think we, we have probably done exactly what I'm going to do today on other episodes, but mm -hmm. I was thinking, um, this afternoon when I was like, Oh, love flavors. <laughs> it's not a play that I've thought about in mm -hmm. probably four years since the last time yeah, we did an episode not on a it. play. I have given <laughs> much thought to at yeah. all. So I was like, I, you know, and I, because this was a, a last minute, um, alley-oop I didn't I don't my Arden edition is on campus my you know my complete works is are on campus like mm -hmm. you know the things and then I remembered yeah. to myself <laughs> this guy had some things to say and I thought why don't we go look at the things that this guy great. had to say about Love Slavers Lost so great um, I'm have, there I'm on page great. 225 okay. I found it great perfect perfect so mm -hmm. He 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 has some things to say that I'm going to I'm going to read to you. Um, but then he gets into some like large quotes of the play. And I would love if you would read those. I'd be happy to. Fantastic. Um, or in a little bit when there's a back and forth, if you would read with me. Sure. Anyway. Um, OK, so here is what our good friend William Hazlitt has to say about Love Slavers Lost. Um, if you are interested, mm -hmm. this comes from the book that is called The Characters of Shakespeare's Plays by William Hazlitt. <laughs> he has mm -hmm. a middle name. I don't know what it is. Uh, he says, if we were to part with any of the author's comedies, it should be this. Ouch. That's quite a way to start. Sick burn. <laughs> like... Also, that's kind of how I feel about this play. Ooh. <laughs> like, uh, I, I mean, I'd, I'd cut measure or measure or merchant oh, first. I but. love measure. Okay, merchant, fine. But I love measure. Um, anyway, so he's like, nah, get rid of this play. However, he says, we should be loath to part with Don Adriano de Armado, that mighty potentate of nonsense, or his page, <laughs> that handful of wit, with Nathaniel the curate, or Holofernes the schoolmaster, and their dispute after dinner on the golden cadences of poesy, with Costard the clown, or Dole the constable. So he's like, get rid of this play, but save all of these people and things. I want to be the potentate of nonsense. Can that be a job? Is that like a title? Can I? I mean, if I remember correctly, Aubrey, you got to create your title at your job. So I did. This feels like a you failing. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? That was. That was a massive oversight yeah, on yeah. my part. Um, you, the next time, mm -hmm. golden I opportunity. My title. I'm going to be the potentate of nonsense. I mean, put that on a fucking business card, right? It needs to be like a band, but like a parody band. Yeah. 
or my job title. Yeah. Or both of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's here's uh, Hazlitt. He goes on to say, he says, Barone is too accomplished a character to be lost to the world, and yet he could not appear without his fellow courtiers and the king. And if we were to leave out the ladies, the gentlemen would have no mistresses. So again, he's like, get rid of this whole play except for all the characters. Right. Mm. <laughs> Come okay, on, Hazlitt. Yeah. So that we believe we may let the whole play stand as it is, and we shall hardly venture to set a mark of reprobation upon it. So he has now talked himself to that same conclusion. Good job. Yeah. Still, we have some objections to the style, which we think savors more of the pedantic spirit of Shakespeare's time than of his own genius, more of controversial divinity and the logic of Peter Lombard than of the inspiration of the muse. You want to unpack that? <laughs> Who's Peter Lombard? I don't fucking know. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Unhelpful. Sorry. <laughs> I thought I was, with I, a PhD came yeah. an automatic font of knowledge. Peter Lombard. Why have you lied to me? Oh, he's a theologian. Ah. <laughs> uh, who lived in the 1100s. Okay. I think Hazlitt is saying Shakespeare's being clever for cleverness's sake, and it's not mm. funny. <laughs> Which, yeah, that whole Latin And it's lesson, not even up to his own standard. Yeah. Like the the whole scene with the the kid and the the tutor, the Latin yeah. ugh, snore. Um, <laughs> anyway, it transports us quite as much to the manners of the court and the quirks of courts of law as to the scenes of nature or the fairyland of his own imagination. Shakespeare has set himself to imitate the tone of polite conversation then prevailing among the fair, the witty, and the learned, and he has imitated it but too faithfully. It mm. is as if the hand of Titian had been employed to give grace to the curls of a full-bottomed periwig. I take it back. That's what I want my title to be. The full-bottomed periwig. <laughs> I will ask now. Why what's not? a periwig? Oh, it's it's just it's a wig. <laughs> oh, yeah, full bottomed. Yeah. Huh, okay, yeah. like a mullet, like a mullet no, wig. Like, how know, can it be full bottomed? You know, um, you know those stupid, stupid wigs that English lawyers wear, yes. the barristers. It's yes. that basically. Yeah. yeah. Oh, got yeah. it. Um, well. <laughs> But again, I say, dear Aubrey, dear Aubrey, why can't you just put both on your business Aubrey cards? Aubrey Whitlock, potentate of nonsense, full-bottomed periwig. Yeah. You could right, be, I could do that. You could be could the, put like, it in my email signature yeah, right the hell now and see if anybody even chief, notices. Chief potentate of nonsense and yeah. president of full-bottomed periwigs or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Done. Yes. Stamped approval Good. yes uh <laughs> right so it is as if the hand of titian had been employed to give grace to the curls of a full-bottomed periwig or raphael had attempted to give expression to the tapestry figures in the house of lords like if if ever there were a more topical city comedy-esque like in joke it's right. that i think because right. i surely know all about the tapestry figures in the house of lords sure yeah. uh-huh <sighs> shakespeare has put an excellent description of this fashionable jargon into the mouth of the critical holofernes as too picked too spruce too affected too odd as it were too peregrinate as i may call it and nothing can be more marked than the difference when he breaks loose from the trammels he had imposed on himself as light as a bird from break and speaks in his own person. We think, for instance, that in the following soliloquy, the poet has fairly got the start of Queen Elizabeth and her maids of honor. So he says, Barone's about to talk a lot, and I think that Shakespeare was writing about Queen Elizabeth and her ladies. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read this for us? But also, this play is bad because Shakespeare was doing too much. Yeah. Like, it was, like, <laughs> too clever, mm -hmm. like, too on the nose. He was the trying too was, hard. The wit was, like, trying too hard. Yeah. It was, as the youths say, 
cringe. Yes. And in fact, we should get rid of this whole play except for save all the characters. (laughs) It's a stupid play, but we like the characters, I guess. Yeah. Um, Okay. Barone. He says, Oh, and I forsooth in love, I that have been love's whip, a very beetle to an amorous sigh, a critic, nay, a night watch constable, a domineering pedant or the boy, than whom no mortal more magnificent. Ooh, that was a tongue twister. This wimpled, whining, purblind, wayward boy, this Signor Junio, giant dwarf, Dan Cupid, regent of love rhymes, lord of folded arms, the anointed sovereign of sighs and groans, liege of all loiterers and malcontents, dread prince of plackets, king of cod pieces. I'm adding that to my title. (laughs) Soul imperator. And great general of trotting parators. Oh, my little heart. And I, to be a corporal of this field and wear his colors like a tumbler's hoop? What? I love? I sue? I seek a wife? A woman that is like a German clock, still a-repairing, ever out of frame, and never going aright, being a watch, and being watched, that it may still go right? Nay, to be perjured, which is worst of all, and among three, to love the worst of all, a whitely wanton with a velvet brow with two pitch balls stuck in her face for eyes. (laughs) Sorry, balls is funny. (laughs) And by heaven, one that will do the deed, though Argus were her eunuch and her guard, and I to sigh for her, to watch for her, to pray for her. Ooh, fun epistrophe. Go to, it is a plague that Cupid will impose from my neglect of his mighty dreadful little might. Well, I will love, write, sigh, pray, sue, and groan. Some men must love my lady, and some, Joan. I spend... Who's Joan and why are we hating on her? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I spend so much time not thinking about this play. And then I spend time with this play and I go, oh, yeah, no, I love the poetry in this play. I think that's a great speech. It's a great. It is a great speech. Rhetorically, it's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much happening rhetorically in there. It's a lot of fun. Maybe shitting on Queen Elizabeth? (laughs) Question mark. But like, why? Because pitch balls for eyes? Yeah, I, I, I mean, know. Yeah, I don't know. And her... <laughs> a whitely wanton with a velvet brow? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, like how? Yeah, he does not uh, elaborate on what he means <laughs> by invoking Elizabeth. I mean, it's more like women. Yeah. Yeah, women. Women are as fussy as German clocks. Mm. Or like an Italian like car, but they didn't have cars then. So, no. yeah. <laughs> but but like yeah, I'm not seeing the Elizabeth. No. I'm not seeing the Elizabethan uh connection here, but <clears throat> I'm not Hazlitt and I'm not a weird Victorian. So, ugh, could have fooled me. <laughs> Potentate of nonsense. I you know, yeah. Yeah. Um so Hazlitt goes on to say, he says, the character of Barone, drawn by Rosalind, and that which Barone gives of Boyette, are equally happy. The observations on the use and abuse of study and on the power of beauty to quicken the understanding as well as the senses are excellent. The scene which has the greatest dramatic effect is that in which Barone, the King, Longueville, and Dumaine successively detect each other and are detected in their breach of their vow and in their profession of attachment to their several mistresses in which they suppose themselves to be overheard by no one. He is right. That is the best scene. It is the best scene. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the, of course it's the best scene. It's yes. the hiding in plain yes. sight, gulling of each yes. other scene. What comedy of Shakespeare's isn't great without one? Like it, it's well, hard. I mean, it's hard to find one. But I mean, there are some. Yeah, okay, yeah. they're fine. There are some. But like, all the good ones have gulling scenes. It's, I, Come on, this is facts. Yeah. I, I in fact would argue that every scene, not every scene, every play would be better with a gulling scene. One hundred percent. So, even Macbeth. Oh, especially scene. Macbeth. Um, the reconciliation between these lovers and their sweethearts is also very good and the penance which Rosalind imposes on Barone before he can expect to gain her consent to marry him full of propriety and beauty 
do you need me to read this? Uh, well, I was going to ask, but you have feelings, and so we can we can Great. have feelings. No, I do. This is this. actually this this part was actually what I wanted to talk about, like in oh shit. For my segment of yeah, this okay. Was, so this no, is but great. that's okay. If it's coming up now, yeah. All I really wanted to say was I can't decide <laughs> if her stipulation to him about any of this is a dick move mm-hmm. or if or if it's actually a good thing. I just I can't. I can't kind of wrap my head around it because most of the time I'm like, Rosaline, that's that's a lot. <laughs> like, why, why, why? Isn't it just a year? Yeah, no, it's just a year. But she's like, she's dictating a lot right, of well, how his life has to go. Okay, yeah, so anyway, well, let's we hear it, it first. Yeah. 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 Do you want to yeah. be? Do you want to stick with Barone? Do you want to be Rosaline? Sure, I'll stick okay. with Barone. Okay, you, you take okay. Rosaline. All right. So she says. <laughs> Me, me, me. Um, <laughs> Oft have I heard of you, my lord Barone, before I saw you, and the world's large tongue proclaims you for a man replete with mocks, full of comparisons and wounding flouts, which you on all estates will execute that lie within the mercy of your wit. To weed this wormwood from your faithful brain, and therewithal to win me, if you please, without the which I am not to be won, you shall this twelve-month term from day to day visit the speechless sick and still converse with groaning wretches, and your task shall be, with all the fierce endeavor of your wit, to enforce the pained impotent to smile. To move wild laughter in the throat of death, it cannot be. It is impossible. Mirth cannot move a soul in agony. Why, that's the way to choke a jibing spirit whose influence is begot of that loose grace which shallow laughing hearers give to fools. A jest's prosperity lies in the ear of him that hears it, never in the tongue of him that makes it. Then, if sickly ears, deft with the clamors of their own dear groans, will hear your idle scorns, continue then, and I will have you, and that fault withal. But if they will not, throw away that spirit, and I shall find you empty of that fault, right joyful of your reformation. A twelve-month? Well, befall what will befall. I'll jest a twelve-month in an hospital. Okay, so here's the thing. She's like, yeah, so she's like, hey, man, you had a reputation for being fucking mean and really bitter, right? She says Mm -hmm. to weed the wormwood from your brain right Mm -hmm. the wormwood is a bitter thing it's a bitter herb right so to get this bitterness out of you you need to use your powers to make people happy Mm -hmm. you need to like you need to go you know be the clown in the hospital Mm -hmm. and help sick people laugh instead of derisive laughter which is all you've been able to do yeah so like on principle i'm like yeah you know yeah (laughs) But the other part of me is like, why does she get to dictate that to this person she barely knows? Well, um, I would argue that at this point in the play, she outranks him. She's okay, the queen true. now, right? Like, well, Rosaline's the one oh, of the women just in kidding, waiting. She's not just the queen. Just kidding. Just yeah. kidding. She's yeah. That's they're, not. They're still I've equal gotten um, forgot. I've see. It's how much time I don't spend thinking about this play. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, then I take back everything that I have said and carry on. <laughs> no, the, I mean that's really all I have. I have the I have a question. That's all. That it was that question. Okay. It, um. Because yeah, I get it. You yeah. Know. Well, I mean, so if she's gonna go like be with the with the princess who's now the queen, right? And she's got to be in mourning, right, for a for year. A year. Right. Like this, this seems. I'm fine with this. And also, <laughs> as if as if Shakespeare needed my blessing, um, <laughs> the fucking patriarchy can take a hit every now and again. So I sure. continue to be fine with this. <laughs> oh, sure. You mean just the very fact that she's administering this yes. this sort of sentence, this penance at yep. all? Yeah. Over. Sure. OK. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. I get that. But yeah, on like a human and a logistical level, I'm like, one, how are you going to verify that? And two, <laughs> like you're going to have spies at these hospitals? Like yes. you're going to make him write you weekly letters and like yes. tell you what he was up to? Like I don't I don't know how this is, how they're no, going to follow gonna, up on this. We're going to get costard and... Um, <laughs> and of course there was Don no Armato sequel. And... Love's Labor's one 
is lost to time. So we have yeah. no idea if Barone came back a better man. So so I don't know. It just uh, it's a puzzle to me. Yeah. It's a puzzle to me. This well. last this last bit, because um, I mean, like the other women and the and the princess slash queen mm-hmm. also give like year long sentences mm-hmm. to these to the to their dudes too, yeah. but none of them are this extreme actually no the princess tells the king to do she's like you better you'd have to be a hermit for a mm-hmm. year and a day mm-hmm. um you have to actually do basically what you said you were going to do at the beginning of this play which is to mm-hmm. like abjure everyone's company and um and live like a hermit abjure forever the society of men nope that's midsummer <laughs> um or women which is what they said they were going to do and then yes you know yeah uh well, this this is I'm I'm interested that uh, you are bringing up this idea of a of a lost sequel <laughs> because mm. this question mark brings me to my other thing that I had oh. to talk about today, oh. which is Alfred Lord Tennyson, oh. another Victorian. <laughs> <gasps> These Victorians. Yeah. Uh, So Tennyson wrote a poem. It's called The Princess. Um, And it's maybe (laughs) inspired by Love's Labor's Lost and or like an adaptation of it. Um, Hmm. It's long as hell. So I have not I've not read the whole thing. (laughs) But you you just you tell me what this sounds like to you. Okay. Okay. A prince. We have a prince. A prince has been Uh betrothed since infancy to a princess. Her name is Ida. She's from a neighboring land. I don't know why you would name a princess Ida, but that's her name. The princess has grown to become beautiful and accomplished and has founded a university of maidens in a remote retreat. Her father explains that she refuses to have anything to do with the world of men and is influenced by other women who have all resolved never to wed a man. The prince and two friends decide to infiltrate the university to try to win the princess's return. They disguise themselves as women and ride into the (laughs) university asking to enroll as students. The <laughs> sounds like white chicks. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a lot of things. Uh, okay. The the quote unquote new students are taken to see the princess, who tells them that they must quote cast and fling the tricks which make us toys of men, so that they may become equal with men. The men are impressed by the princess and debate the merits of women's equality. What? Uh huh. They then move around the university, listening and learning. So to me, so far, it kind of sounds like a gender swapped loves labors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, anyway, so the prince's cross-dressing is discovered. There's a big battle in which the prince and his friends are wounded. And then Ida and her ladies fall in love with the dudes while nursing them back to health. Everyone lives happily ever after. And that's the end of the poem. <laughs> wow. Right? That was a journey. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. here's what I wonder is if... Tennyson has the same questions about this play that you do and so uh, like wrote this as an answer or a revision mm. and then also was like you know what love's labors would be better with is a battle <laughs> where then the princess gets Florence Nightingale syndrome mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And also because it's Tennyson and this is a long fucking poem, there's a frame to it also. There's like this whole narrative device around the the story of the princess where it's like, um, uh, what do you call it? It's, the, it's like the induction from uh, Shrew Whoa. or any other play with um, an induction um, wherein... It's like a bunch of friends at like a country estate having a a holiday and they're like, we need some entertainment. How about we tell a story or play pretend or whatever? And then it's the poem. And then it's like, well, that was fun. Let's have some ice cream and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
the Victorians, wow. man. Fucking I'm fucking telling you. I mean, I do respect. This sounds like like proto fan fiction. Yeah, there is a lot of it, it seems like critical debate on whether or not um, Tennyson is actually using love's labors in any way at all. Um, but, you know, I think it makes sense and I'm a Shakespeare scholar. So what I say yeah. goes. Eh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 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 Yeah. So that's that's all that I've got for today and love's labors. <laughs> I would like to put it out to our listeners. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you are a fan of mm -hmm. fan fiction storytelling, now's your chance. You know, shoot yeah. your shot. This this uh, play ends very abruptly mm -hmm. and not in a satisfying way at all. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's very anticlimactic. Uh, and if there was a contemporaneous Love's Labors one, it's been burned in one of the many fires in yeah. london uh, or or it was never written uh, you know shakespeare check never got attics. around to it or check your attics people yeah right right um it's like the globe's favorite april fool's joke um every yeah. single year to put out a fake article saying that love's labors one has been found rude um fucking rude know, it's so rude gossip speaking of the cheese may um what what do we got we got some good gossip this week no we have literally one thing <laughs> just one thing just one thing one tiny thing Great. and it Good. was just it's anyway uh so by the time y'all hear this it's old news because that's the schedule that we work on these days uh Helmst ever um on the very first day of the year this year 2023 someone yes. <laughs> I I I'm not I'm not giving clicks to uh the the original tweeter um tweeted the following Shakespeare didn't walk around putting pronouns in his plays that's why they're classics imagine if this dude wrote my name is Macbeth and my pronouns are they them smh get the fuck out yeah so, that is a fundamental willful misunderstanding of pronouns and pronoun usage. Yes, it is a hilariously bad take. But the best part is, is the first fucking scene of Macbeth, right, is where Macbeth and Banquo roll up on the witches and they're like, wait a minute, I don't understand your gender presentation. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'd call you women, but you have beards. Uh -huh. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Yeah. Um, so there was like a lot of dunking on that, which is great. Good. Because, but also, and like, we're just, look, if you're here, you know us, you know how we feel about all of this. The, the people who are against the use of pronouns do not understand what a pronoun is. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Because or that they cannot... have them as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can't... It's not... It's like a fundamental linguistic yes. thing. Everybody <laughs> is referred to with some sort of you, pronoun. You fucking idiot. You have them... Their things. Yeah. So anyway... Um, that... Wow. That is, that is the only piece of gossip that you I have an idiot. in the world. Um, well, I googled very quickly because... Yes. Back in the day, it was a thing. Part of my homework for prepping for a 201 episode was to see if there are productions in the coming year oh, yeah. of, of uh, the play in question. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I did a quick, quick search of productions of Love's Labor's Lost that are coming at you in 2023. Um, so if you're in Mesa, I assume Arizona. Colorado. Uh, or Colorado. Or wherever there are mesas. Um, it says downtown Mesa, Love's Labor's Lost, Friday, March 24th, and Thursday, March 30th, 2023, 1 East Main Street, Mesa Arts Center. Presented by Southwest Shakespeare. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. Southwest Shakespeare is doing Love's Labor's Lost. Um, in March, uh, who else is doing Love's Labor's Lost? Uh, the Asolo, A S O L O, A Solo. I'm not sure if I'm. Reading that correctly. Uh, nope. Was that out of date? No, hang on. I'm trying to follow through here. Uh, let's see. No. Um, Asilo Rep Theater 
is uh, doing Love's Labor's Lost in April, um, all of the month of April, 2023. Um, A-S-O-L-O. Again, don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, and I don't know where that theater company is. So, but if you if you know it, if they sound familiar to you, then that's what they got. Um, yeah, Stratford Festival's doing it uh, in the fall. So it's going to run from August to October of this year. So if you have a chance to get up to the Stratford festival, huzzah, go see it up there. No, I think that's it. So for like big regional theaters, there's like three of them, uh, that are doing love's labors. If your local theater company is doing love's labors last and you want us to, you know, amend our statement in a future episode, get in touch. Yeah. Holla Um, at us. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That that is it. <laughs> that's all I got. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and come back for and come back for more. That's yes. what I say at the top of the episode. Yeah. We hope you leave this podcast <laughs> with more information than when you started. I mean, if particularly nothing about Victorians else, today. Right. So. Everyone is gonna go rush to get a copy of the Moonstone. And Amen. Yeah. You know, this is this is in fact the point where we announce that our next podcast adventure together is just Jess reads the Moonstone to Aubrey oh and God. forces her to have feelings about it. No, that would be a nightmare, and no one wants that. No, least of all me. No. Least of all you. No. Um, no. Yeah. Anyway, tune in next time. It's either going to be House of Desires uh, with with our girl Molly, or it'll be King and No King. Stay tuned, I guess, to find yeah, out with be how those. scheduling shakes out yeah. on that. Huzzah. Hooray. Wham la <laughs> The Hurley Burley Shakespeare Show is produced and edited by Aubrey Whitlock and Jess Hamlet. If you enjoyed our podcast, please tell your friends, rate us, leave a review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts. For show notes and other stuff, you can visit our website at www.hurleyburleyshakespeareshow.com. You can get in touch with us by emailing holla, H-O-L-L-A, at hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. You can also find us at hurlyburlyshakes on Instagram. Or at hurlyburlyshake, no S, on Twitter. The land on which I live and work, colonially known as Stanton, Virginia, is the unceded territory of the Monacan Confederation of Nations, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. The traditional custodians of the land on which I live are the Lenape Nation, and I pay my respects to their elders past and present. Learn about where you live at native-land.ca. Get involved at ndncollective.org and find out more about the Land Back campaign at landback.org. All opinions you heard are strictly our own and not affiliated with the institutions we represent. What are you referring to? The worst, like the words we're going to have to like oh, you know, oh, 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 talk about yes, stuff that, yes, yeah. you know, like <laughs> cram it. into uh-huh. one uh-huh. final yes. episode all the shit we've never <laughs> wanted to circle back and talk about again. Like, I don't know, Time in of Athens, Got it. Antony and Cleopatra. Mary we Mary totally Mary. did a time in 201, didn't we? No, we didn't. Lies. No, definitely did not. I think Lies. you worked that up in your head because you miss Patrick so much, but oh, no. Okay. All right. <laughs> we well, that's never fair. did. There is always, uh, not always, but usually a, a hallucinatory Patrick Harris in my brain yeah. with me. So I mean, that, yeah. that tracks.